Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, President of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Hey, welcome to Israel and You, and we've got a great program lined up for you today. Uh, we have a special guest on with us, Joy Lucius uh, from the American Family Association, and she's going to talk about her work in telling the story of the 1.5 million children who perished in the Holocaust. The rise of anti-Semitism is in large part because the history of the Holocaust has been distorted. College campuses have been centers of anti-Jewish activity. Holocaust denial is rampant. It's gaining a following. And this is why Holocaust education is vitally important today. And we need to start at a younger age levels. Uh, college campus students, many of them, because in high school education today, uh, they're not uh, being taught the history of the Holocaust. And we've got to move beyond the statistics of the Holocaust in which 6 million uh, Jewish men, women, and children perished and present the victims as people and not numbers on a chart. And we also need to understand what was lost in the Holocaust, not just how it was lost. And if we do not remember that each of the 6 million souls that perished in the Holocaust was a person and not a number, then something like the Holocaust could very well happen again. Anti-Semitism is the canary in the coal mine. It's the world's earliest warning sign of a deeper hatred that's brewing in the society. Hitler started with the Jews, but he didn't end with the Jews. In Germany, uh, he put to death uh, elderly people, Slavs, Poles, dwarfs, mentally challenged. Another six million people perished. So what started with the Jews didn't end with the Jews. Those that have suffered at the hands of despisers of Jews are forever our messengers. And to keep their memories alive, we must tell their stories. And as we do, in the words of Holocaust survivor Ellie Wiesel, we become the messengers' messengers. When good people, like this listening audience, people connected to AFA and AFR, when, when you and I commit to learning and retelling the victim's stories, commit to courage and the daring to stop fate in its tracks, the cancerous growth of anti-Semitism can sometimes be reversed. Uh, Holocaust survivor Ellie Wiesel also said, for the survivor who chooses to testify, it is clear he must bear witness for the dead and the living. He has no right to deprive future generations of a past that belongs to our collective memory. To forget would be not only dangerous but offensive. To forget the dead would be akin to killing them a second time. In her book, One by One, a fascinating book on the Holocaust, Ju Judith Miller says this, The war that produced the Holocaust was a universal tragedy, not only because six million Jews were deliberately killed, it was a universal catastrophe because the alleged civilized world let it happen. Abstraction, she says, is memory's most ardent enemy. It kills because it encourages distance and often indifference. We must remind ourselves that the Holocaust was not six million. It was one plus one plus one. Only in understanding that civilized people must defend the one by one by one can the Holocaust, the incomprehensible, 
be given meaning. It says in the Jewish Talmud, one of my favorite quotes, he who saves one life saves the world entire. And this comes from uh, the book of Genesis when Cain murdered his brother Abel and God says to Cain, your brother's bloods cry out to me from the earth. He didn't say blood, he said bloods in plural in the Hebrew language. What God was saying was, uh, not only did you kill your brother Abel, but you killed all of his descendants after him, thousands and thousands of, of descendants through multiple generations. So we must not just concentrate on what was lost, uh, I'm sorry, on how it was lost, but what was lost in the Holocaust. And this month, we're offering a new book that's just being published. It's called The Casualty of Contempt, The Alarming Rise of Anti-Semitism, and What We Can Do to Stop It. And if you go to our website, israelteam.org, you can pre-order this, this wonderful book by 16 different authors, including Jay Sekulow from the American Center for Law and Justice. And these folks have joined together, collaborated with Israel Team to write this book on the alarming rise of anti-Semitism. So our guest today is this wonderful woman from... AFA, American Family Association. She's a staff writer for the American Family Association, which is the parent ministry of American Family Radio. And uh, Joy Lucius has this wonderful story. Uh, I was sent the manuscript a few weeks ago, a book entitled Pennies from Heaven, The Story of Rose and Odette. These are uh, two French uh, sisters. One was 12 years old and one was eight years old who perished in the Holocaust. And so, uh, Joy Lucius, welcome to Israel and You. Thank you so much. I, I really, I'm excited and I'm very honored to be here. Well, we're honored to have you. So first of all, let's talk about the children who perished in the Holocaust and the Pennies Project that began in uh, 2009 in the Unknown Children Museum. Tell us about that. Um, it's an amazing project. In 2009, a small group of middle school students at, uh, in Hernando, uh, excuse me, Horn Lake, Mississippi, um, were studying the Holocaust, and uh, their two teachers were shocked that their children knew nothing about the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. And as they began to teach um, and research, they realized that, like you said, it was numbers. 1.5 million children was just a number, a statistic. And so they really worked together and they thought about how they could make it um, real, how they could make that number become real. And so they decided to collect one penny for each of the 1.5 million children murdered in the Holocaust. Uh, it took four years, but in the process, um, they changed um, their minds and hearts, but they're still changing minds and hearts and they're teaching us um, as what you said, not just uh, it was what was lost, what what all the different relationships and people and the priceless uh, lives that were lost. And they're teaching me even still. Um, an Unknown Child Foundation was actually born out of that um, middle school project. Hmm. Um, in Memphis, there are a group of Christians and Jews who work together to uh, house these pennies and to find a place for them and to find a place to teach um, the world what those pennies represent. 
Wow. So how did you get personally connected to Ken and Diane McNeil from the Unknown Child Museum in Memphis? It was truly a miracle. It's one of those God things. Um, I do work for the AFA Journal, and mm-hmm. I'm a retired school teacher. This is my second uh, profession, my second life. Okay. And um, so I'm used to coming early to work because that's just sure. a teacher habit. And I was one of the first people at work back in June. It's actually June 27th, 2019. And the McNeils um, were coming in to do devotion at AFA uh, for all the employees, and they were looking for directions. So I helped them get inside, and um, she came to do a study on the book of Ruth. And afterwards, I was given the honor of um, interviewing her for the AFA journal. And um, she's just so passionate. These children from the Penny's Projects and their teachers, they have just touched her heart, and she's devoted um, a large portion of her life um, to to housing these pennies and to to finding a way that they can teach, and so um, she just inspired me. And after I finished her interview, I began to look online. Now you have to know that I was a literature teacher, so I've taught Holocaust literature my entire career, um, and so. It wasn't a new, unknown topic to me, but I think, like you said in your intro, it, it became, God used Miss McNeil and the Pennies Project for it be, to become more than numbers, more than books, more than even a curriculum. So I began to look at all these pictures online from the Unknown Child um, Memorial site. And um, one of the first pictures I saw when I went to Google and Googled 1.5 million children of the Holocaust and Googled images, one of the first pictures that came up were two little sisters sitting side by side, and their names were Rose and Odette Abalafia. But I looked through probably a hundred photographs, and um, but I couldn't get away from these two little girls, and I kept coming back and looking at them. They're black-haired, dark-eyed, just beautiful. and they look nothing like me or my sister, but I kept looking at them and seeing my sister and myself. And I kept thinking how unreal that I lived 58 years and shared such an amazing relationship with my sister. And they, they never got that. They never got mm. the chance. Wow. So I just printed off their picture and folded it and put it in my purse and um, later on, I tell one of my friends who's an author, I said, wow, you should write a story mm. about a No Child Foundation. Um, and you know the voice of God. And and I heard him whisper, no, maybe you should write a story. So, of course, wow. I started giving him a million excuses. Um, but all of those excuses fell flat when I showed the picture to my oldest grandchild. Her name is Emma. And we discussed what she reads in in school, what her friends read about the Holocaust, what she knew about the Holocaust. And when it was all said and done, I folded the picture to put it up. And I said, but I'm just really not qualified to write a Holocaust novel. And she said, but Yahya, if God told you to do it, you have to. You have to write a book about Rose and Odette. So that's where it started. That's amazing. You know, uh, Joy, for 
for young readers, uh, I, I was sitting with a college professor about a year ago, and we were talking about um, the, the lack of Holocaust education, and so many college students have no comprehension. We, we did a Man on the Street video a couple years back, and we interviewed about eight college students from a major evangelical uh, seminary, I'm sorry, college, and uh, not one of them knew what the Holocaust was. And so this professor said to me, you know what, I think we really need to go back and start <laughs> like in, in grammar school uh, to start teaching Holocaust education. And so, you know, when I thought about that, I thought, wow, if there could be a book of some kind, like the Diary of Anne Frank, uh, my wife and I visited that, uh, you know, her home in uh, Holland, uh, or The Hiding Place with Corey Tenboom, or The Sunflower by Simon Weisenthal, or Night by Ellie Weisel. If there could be these types of books being written today, it would really go a long way. And so here you are, you know, writing this book for young readers, fifth grade to eighth grade. And um, I just really applaud you. And, and I, I read a quote this morning from this book, One by One by Judith Miller. And she says this, history books and education are important but my memory of a single infant's leather shoe encased in glass at Yad Vashem in Jerusalem is just as powerful. And so story is so important. And I just thank God that, you know, AFA is involved in this project. You're, you're write, writing this book coming out soon. And there's this concept called story transference. And what's happening is uh, the Holocaust deniers today are building a false narrative and they're telling a story that isn't true, and people are believing it, even when the facts are against it, just because of the way they're crafting the story. And so, you know, when I read your manuscript, I said, Joy really has a wonderful way of, uh, you know, crafting a story uh, for young readers to help them understand uh, not just how things were lost in the Holocaust, you know, the statistics, the gas chamber, uh, the Eisengruppen that murdered lots of Jews by machine gun fire. But what's important is to talk about what was lost. And so when we come back, you know, I'm going to ask you what impact uh, do you want this book uh, to have on young readers? And, you know, will there be lesson plans that come along with it? And uh, then I want to talk about AFA's involvement in Holocaust education and, and why they have come to the conclusion this is something of vital importance that they would like to be involved in. And so again, if you would like to uh, order our new book from Israel Team Advocates International, you can go to our website, israelteam.org. Our new book is coming out. It's called The Casualty of Contempt, The Alarming Rise of Anti-Semitism and What Can Be Done to Stop It. And you can order that book today in the donate section for a donation of any size. And uh, it'll be out on February 20th. We'll see you on the other side. Hey, this is Aaron Free, and I'm so excited to announce that uh, coming out in the month of January is our new publication, a book entitled The Casualty of Contempt, The Alarming Rise of Anti-Semitism and What Can Be Done to Stop It. The FBI says that in the last year, there's been a 37% rise of anti-Semitic activity in the United States. And so this book, we confront this issue.
And as Christians, we cannot remain silent in the face of growing anti-Semitism on college campuses that are secular and on Christian campuses. And so we're seeing that this rise of anti-Semitism is causing so many of our young evangelical students to turn away from Israel. In the Middle Ages, Jews were persecuted because of their religion. In the 19th and 20th centuries, they were reviled because of their race. Today, Jews are attacked and hated because of their nation-state Israel. Denying Jews the right of self-determination in their own land is the new anti-Semitism. For centuries, anti-Semites have justified their hatred of the Jews. In the Middle Ages, it was religion. During the Holocaust, it was science and the study of race. Jews were seen as not even part of the human race, and they were exterminated. Today, it's human rights. And whenever you hear people proclaim that Jews are not supporting human rights, you are hearing the new anti-Semitism. On college campuses, we're hearing the mantra, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. That means that they're trying to ethnically cleanse Israel of all Jews. So this month, we have a special offer for $50. If you go to IsraelTeam.org, and for a donation of $50, we'll mail you an autographed copy of this book. Some of the authors are Jay Sekulow from the American Center for Law and Justice, Stuart Roth from the American Center of Law and Justice, Coach Bruce Pearl from Auburn University, Coach Dale Brown from LSU. So go to IsraelTeam.org, join the fight with us, and we will send you this wonderful new book, The Casualty of Contempt. This is Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Hey, welcome back to Israel and You, and our special guest today is Joy Lucius. She's a writer for the American Family Association, and she is writing a book uh, about Rose and Odette, uh, two young sisters who perished in the Holocaust. And so, Joy, can you tell us about the book? And I, I read your manuscript. It's, it's an amazing story. Can you tell us about the book? Yes, I would be glad to. Um, it is actually a, a dual story. Um, it, um, it was written um, in conjunction with Unknown Child Foundation and the Pennies Project, but uh, American Family Association is producing it. And um, it is the story of Rose and Odette Abelafia, two the two girls that I that I learned about uh, from the Holocaust. But it is done in a dual story because I wanted people to understand, like like I did, that these two little sisters lost a lifetime together. Just that one relationship of sisterhood, not talking about marriage or or children, just sisterhood. And so I thought the perfect way to do that would be um, a dual story with two modern sisters. So we have Tori and Tilly Austin. And Tori is in a class, this fictional class, um, in um, North Mississippi. Um, And she has been given the assignment. uh, Her class is doing a pennies project. And she has a a miraculous encounter with Rose Avalafia. And that becomes her, Rose becomes her, her research subject. And much like me, when I had a, this miraculous encounter with Rose, I went to visit Miss Diane McNeil and go through the Unknown Child uh, Foundation's exhibit at the DeSoto County Museum. And as we finished the, the tour, um, 
the tour guide all of a sudden said, wow, we forgot to turn on the sound system. Mm -hmm. And so they went to try and get the little sound box so I could um, get an excerpt of it and they couldn't get it to come on. And they finally just gave up and they, they said, well, you know, we just can't get it to work. And all of a sudden, um, the recording came on and I heard two names. Now keep in mind, I had one picture in my purse of Rose and Odette. And I heard two names come online that day. Rose Abelafia, 1932 to 1944. Odette Abelafia, 1936 to 1944. So I screamed and we had to stop right there. And, and oh. just, I had to explain. So in the story, um, what, what's my, the, by the way, what's the chances of that happening? 1.5 well, million names. We, <laughs> I know, and 1.5 million names, and it was just a split second. If I, mm. if they, if the soundtrack had been running, it runs continually, and it's alphabetical. It's 300 names, and they're read in turn by uh, a, a, a rabbi from Jerusalem and a young boy, mm. uh, and they take turns reading the names, and it goes quietly in the background of the tour um, of the exhibit, and so. If it had been working correctly, or if the the man had turned it on in the hallway one second earlier, I mean, there's just so many things. But there, wow. those were the only two names I heard that day, and the only picture I had in my purse. And so my imaginary character, Tori Austin, she has very similar experience in in meeting Rose, and her assignment is to find out um, about. Rose and present a project on Rose. But like Joy Lucius, uh, the imaginary Tori has a really hard time finding Mm. information. Rose, her sister, her mother and father were all murdered um, at Auschwitz. And so I found no information. Um, Their picture is in Serge Klarsfeld's um, uh, well-renowned book, French Holocaust, French Children of the Holocaust. Um, their picture is on Yad Vashem, but there was nothing else. So I literally spent months and months, Aaron, trying to find information. And finally, uh, two other pictures of them appeared on Yad Vashem. And it had the name uh, of a of Jean-Luc A. And so we found a Rose and Odette's nephew. Wow. Um, come to find out they had two older brothers who escaped Paris in the bottom of a garbage truck. And wow. they survived, but they changed their names. So the book goes through, and in, in the parallel story, we learn about Rose and Odette and their their journey to Auschwitz. But we also learn about Tori and Tilly and the journey that their family is going through um, with a, a family tragedy. And together, Rose and Odette and Tori and Tilly learn from each other, and they help each other. And so it really is a dual story, and I think it's one that, a story that I hope will encourage today's kids to realize those 1.5 million children were real. And they had real lives, real families, real hopes, real dreams, real problems. And they um, they were priceless. They're not just pennies to be discarded and forgotten about. Just something we throw in the in the closet of our history and our memory and forget about. They're real and we need to 
pass that memory on. We can never forget. We must always remember. And so that's what the story is about. Wow. What, what kind of impact do you want uh, this to have on young readers uh, in the future as this book comes out? Oh, Aaron, I pray. This has been, honestly, a Today Makes uh, a 19-month journey. The book will come out in April, um, so that's almost two years. And every day I have just prayed because as a retired teacher like you, I've seen as the years have gone by, um, our society, our our culture in America has just become more, um, I think first we became more tolerant of anti-Semitism, and uh, we've ignored signs. We've um, we just become apathetic. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, I've seen students um, change their their reaction to stories like Corey Ten Boom, The Hiding Place, and The Diary of Anne Frank. And so my hope for this book is that American kids can realize that they have a part in this story. And their part is to learn about the children of the Holocaust, to connect with them just like they would connect with their the kids in their classroom, and to understand that it can happen anywhere, anytime, unless we stop it, unless we do something to change it. And so that's my prayer, that God will use it as a, as a tool, an educational tool to teach us and to remind us what our part in the Holocaust was. There were a lot of people that just stood by and watched and stood by and kept their mouth closed out of fear, out of um, maybe they didn't participate, but they just stood by. And so we're at that point in our society where we can either stand by or we can stand up and do something. You know, Corey Ten Boone was, um, she's like my hero. I quote her several times in the book. Mm-hmm. And um, she was a, she was much older than me at the, at the time that all this happened. And she had led a pretty sheltered life. Um, but she did something. She stood up and made a stand. And because of that, um, she's still making a stand. And so that's what I hope this book will do, that it will help students to know the truth and to, to decide what their part is going to be. Are they going to sit by or are they going to take a stand? That's amazing. You know, during the Holocaust, as you were saying, uh, there was indifference that just swept across the, mm-hmm. the Christian world. And in fact, many uh, Christians turned in the Jews in their communities yes. uh, to the Nazis. And so as anti-Semitism rises again in our world, I'm just so thankful uh, for you, Joy. I mean, as a Jewish person, I'm just <laughs> sitting here just so thankful that uh, you're saying that we don't want to be silent again. The Christian world cannot no, uh, remain silent as this uh, anti-Semitism rises again. And I'm so thankful for uh, AFA and their commitment to this book and this project and yes. Holocaust education uh, and using their platform and their voice uh, to communicate uh, this terrible, uh, alarming rise on college campuses, uh, in the news media, uh, on social media. And Ellie Wiesel, when he spoke at the Holocaust uh, Museum in Jerusalem, Yad Vashem, and its dedication, mm-hmm. 
He said, and so we go through the museum and what should we do? Weep? No, my good friends, we never try to tell the tale to make people weep. It's too easy. We didn't want yes. pity. If we decided to tell the tale, it is because we wanted the world to be a better place, just a better place, and learn and remember. And so then he goes on to say, what is our role now? The messengers, like uh, these two young Jewish girls that perished, they're the messengers. And so Wiesel said, we must become the messengers' messengers. So I want to say Amen. thank you, Joy, for being the messenger for Rose and Odette and telling Amen. their tale so that the world might be a better place. Thanks for being with me today on Israel and You. Thank you for having me. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.